the hymn writer said that when our hearts are stayed on Jehovah, our hearts are fully blessed and we find, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Tonight, I pray that your heart will be stayed on Jehovah, that you and I will find perfect peace and rest. So I'm thankful to God Almighty, who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the opportunity to share with you during this 2023 Christian Education Week on the theme, Looking Unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of Our Faith. Tell your neighbor, Looking Unto Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of Your Faith. Oh, tell the person that you are, you, you've been looking unto Jesus. Tell the person, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Tell the person, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Tell the person, in times like this, you need to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen thankful to leadership to my colleague pastorate, pastorate and the deacons and leaders and to all of you for coming as we examine this subject today is our senior pastor's birthday and I'm sure wherever he is is watching us we wish him happy birthday senior pastor God richly bless you and I trust that we have spared some time to pray for him and with him amen Why must we look to Jesus Christ as the author and finisher of our faith? Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Verse 38 to 42. So today I'm going to examine why we must look to Jesus Christ as the author of our faith. Why is looking to Jesus Christ as the author of our faith something so critical that we must pay attention to. Why will the Holy Spirit cause this piece phrase of scripture to be written as part of the Bible for us to pay attention to? Because if you look at the text, Jesus had just uh, given the parable of the Good Samaritan. Then all of a sudden the scripture says that now it happened, Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? Now on Pamuah, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. As a kuno here, and Mary has chosen that good part 
which will not be taken away from her. John chapter 6, 5 and 6. John chapter 6, 5 and 6. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John chapter 6, 5 and 6. Are you there? Hello, are you there? John 6, 5 and 6. It says, In fact, verse 5 says that then Jesus lifted his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he, that is Jesus, said to test him. Jesus, man, and you are the normal there. Go for people, but mention us there. Officer Philip, or son, you can also there. Now, him for the Ebena, Pano, Yadama, go for people. A Bible said there, or can the son of shed. Now, listen, this is the phrase. For he himself knew what he would do. Okay, the son of said, and I'm casting you more bad down. And son, oh, Mr. Philip, the man said, me, Father, I pray that you speak to us. We will never be the same as we engage you today. Bring us to that place where we look to you, Jesus, and we live. Help me, oh God, that I will be appropriate vessel in your hands to bring us an encouragement, to bring us a challenge, to bring us your wisdom. To bring us your word. May we never be the same. As we had another encounter with you. Thank you father for helping me. In Jesus name. Amen. Why must we look to Jesus? Why is looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. A critical subject. For our reflection. Why is not looking to Jesus. And a disadvantage. Say I am sure Jesus. I am sure now. Even as in a yeah, you fear another dinner. Why must we look to Jesus? So my treatment of the subject will, will cover the why. Then what are the dynamics involved in looking unto Jesus? What are the dynamics, the elements, the dynamics involved in the process of looking unto Jesus? The finisher, the the the, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then how may we practically engage the subject in our relationship with Jesus or in our real life situations per scriptural patterns? Why must we take the subject of looking unto Jesus very seriously? What are the dynamics in looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? How may we practically engage the subject of looking of looking to Jesus in real life situation, taking our cue from scripture. Now, this is the evidence in order yes, Jesus cry, yet to God, yes, Jesus. Now, Abba Nadina said, Okay, the Yerish Jesus, even as in Okum, even I Yaman or Oida Yashan, Akada Yashadaminya, not above Wamaya, she Jesus. And I miss it there. The Quam Bendo in Wayanabra boom, you're able to market a yay a day, yay a day, yay a day, now Yerish Jesus. In the text read in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, it teaches us a number of things about two people who may represent two sets of people 
who relate to Jesus Christ. Now, when we look at the text, we read, we read that Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Now, take a critical look at the text. Say, Asia Bible now, Shenye, Shenye. Take a critical look at the words. And that's why when you have your Bible, you, you must look at your Bible. You must, you must gaze on the words of, of the Bible. Don't be too quick to hear what the man of God will say without connecting to the Bible. Look into your Bible and look at the words because the Holy Spirit wrote the words and the Holy Spirit is very meticulous and very intentional and, 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 and very, very, and, and, and very, very direct in the word that he used. No word in the Bible is used for nothing. So now see, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now look at the next verse. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. Now listen, if you look at it very well, you will think in the beginning that the only person who welcomed Jesus into the house was Martha. Because the word welcome is used and used directly in relation to Martha. But when you look at the, at, at the following word, it says that uh, it says, and she had a sister called Mary, who also, in addition to Mary and Martha welcoming Jesus, so we could say that the house must have been Martha's house. Because the Bible says that, welcome Jesus into her house. But then the next phrase says that he, she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. So I can say, and we can say from the scripture, that there also gives us, a strongly suggests or tells us therefore, that Mary did not say, Jesus, go away. Mary did not frown at Jesus. Mary did not, did not do things that show that she had not welcomed Jesus. So Martha welcomed Jesus, but, but, but Mary welcomed Jesus and also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard her word. I, I, I pray to God that you will not just welcome Jesus into your heart, but you will find a seating at his feet. You will find a positioning at his feet and you will give your attention to this Jesus who has come into your life. Will you say amen? In a real sense, our hearts are the real homes for that is where we actually live. In a real sense, this ampara ampara, yanakumam ni fear, let's say. Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23 tells us that the heart, we should guard our heart with all diligence. Let's open to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So Martha welcomes, welcomes Jesus to the house. Mary also welcomed Jesus to the house. Uh, uh, and I'm saying that the welcoming to the house, the house is representative of our house. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. How? With all diligence. With all diligence. Why? There is the eyes, there is the nose, there are the legs, there is, there is the veins, but there is the heart. The heart, spiritually speaking, the heart is, is your being, is the center of your being. You are really your heart. So, 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 Martha 
and Mary welcomed Jesus into their house. And we can say, therefore, they, they have Jesus in their hearts, okay? They have Jesus in their hearts. They welcome Jesus into their life. You have Jesus in your heart. I have Jesus in my heart. Presumably, we all have Jesus in our hearts. If you are listening to us online, we want to tell you that if you have not welcomed Jesus into your home, your home that is your heart, if you keep coming to Faith Baptist Church Tema and you have not welcomed Jesus into your home, which is your heart, then you've really not started at all. You've really not hit the right chord at all. You've really not hit the bull's eye at all. Martha and Mary welcomed Jesus into their home. And I'm saying that Proverbs 4.23 says that keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Really, our lives are linked to our heart. How about, how about Romans 10, 9 and 10? He says that if we confess with our mouth, let's look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, and I read, He said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and so the arrangement is said that the mouth comes first. But I tell you what, it's the believing of the heart out of which the mouth speaks that brings about the salvation. Because whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever believes in him, I say, he said, for with the heart, let's look at it. He said, verse 10, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, so, so the heart believes, okay, the heart believes, believes, so the heart is the call, Ezekiel 36 and verse 26. If you have not welcomed Jesus into your heart, my brother, my sister, you have not yet hit the core. You have not yet begun to live as God wants you to live. And I'm telling you as God's servant that the most important decision you can make when you enter this sanctuary is not even when you start cleaning the piano. It's not even when you start cleaning the pulpit. It's not even when you start bringing money. It's not even when you start running around. The most important decision you can make is to welcome Jesus into your heart, will you say amen? I recommend to all of us that if you have not welcomed Jesus, welcome Jesus into your heart. Romans, uh, sorry, Ezekiel 36, verse uh, 26. Now, now, this is God speaking to the Israelites concerning the coming salvation. And look at what God says. Ezekiel chapter 36, and verse 26. It says, It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Flesh here means a soft heart. So God is saying even in the Old Testament that the coming salvation that was coming in the New Testament was all about the heart because the heart is where the whole thing, the whole thing works. So, so the point I want to make going back to Luke chapter 10 verse 38 is that 
Talking about Jesus in the life of Martha and Mary, it was something that we could say they had welcomed Jesus into their heart, into their lives. Yet, the scripture says that Mary also sat at the feet of Jesus. And that is the issue. The looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, is, 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 is key and important to making that fundamental relationship that we've had with Christ blossom and grow and reach its fullest potential. So the question is that they have welcomed Jesus into their house. You have welcomed Jesus into your heart. But what did they do with this Jesus? What were they to do with this Jesus? Even I didn't know what the Jesus is, but Jesus will run home here. Martha has welcomed Jesus. Mary has welcomed Jesus. But for what purpose? What were they to do with Jesus? What are you doing with Jesus? And so, for what purpose? We see that the Bible says that Mary, who also sat and heard his word. What Mary decided to do with Jesus is to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear Jesus. What Mary decided to do with Jesus is to position herself under Jesus' wisdom, is to position herself under Jesus' instruction, is to position herself under Jesus' inspiration, is to position herself under Jesus' prompting. And so, I've come to share with us that looking unto Jesus means that having received Jesus into our heart, what do we do with Jesus? It means paying attention to him. It means focusing on him. Because Jesus comes to save us. But in that salvation, it's a whole lot expansion. It's a whole lot to make us become fully what God has called us to be. And it, 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 is, it is the reason why we need to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. Will you say amen? But look at Martha. What did Martha do with Jesus? <laughs> the scripture said that but Martha was distracted. How, how was Martha distracted? In what way was Martha distracted? <laughs> the Bible says, with much seven. With much seven. Oh, with much seven. Is this a bad thing? To do much seven about Jesus. Is this a bad thing? One has sat at the feet of Jesus hearing his word. Another is serving, I mean, going about my servant. It's still about Jesus. Is it a bad thing? Is it a bad thing? My servant. Is my servant a bad thing? But the scripture says, but. This is a negative but. But. Or a contrasting but. But. Martha was distracted. But Martha was distracted with my seven. Now, Martha, they name me Jesus, do O Sunday now, origin, a panoa, obotucha, obotun, no origin, still now, or the basic, no origin there. If you are, or today, DBI and Nita now, no origin, my seven cleaning, and my seven, I'm bringing a drink, and my seven. Jesus says something to us about seven. Matthew 20. 26 to 20. He says something to us about seven. That makes this so intriguing. Matthew 20, 26 to 28. Matthew 20, 26 to 28. Yes. So Jesus said that, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Hallelujah. 
So seven, seven, seven is a path to greatness. That is what Jesus was saying. Yes, let's move it to the next one. 27. Let's move it to 27. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. So being a slave and slaving around and serving is a good thing. That's what Jesus said. Yes, let's move it to 28. Just as the son of man, he's even comparing somebody who is serving much to he the son of man who did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So much serving is good. Oh, much serving is good. So what is the problem? What is the issue? Much serving is good. Listen. See. So why should should there be a problem if Martha is engaged in my servant of Jesus Christ who said the path to greatness is seven? The issue was not in the servant itself, but the effect that my servant was having on the relationship between Martha and Jesus Christ. The issue is not the my servant itself. The issue is the effect that the much servant was having on the intimate relationship between Martha and Jesus Christ. The issue is the non-prioritization of the intimacy of relationship between Martha and Jesus Christ. It was not a cancellation of the other things that Martha was doing. Jesus is not saying serving is bad, my serving is bad. He said that he was, she was distracted. The scripture says, the Holy Spirit called the scripture to be written that she was distracted with my serving. Nothing that distracts you is good enough. Nothing that distracts you from Jesus Christ is good enough. If your position is distracting you from Jesus Christ, the position is not bad, but it is the relationship that you have with that position that blocks your view of Jesus closely. That is the issue that Jesus has. If, if, if your calling and giftings, there is something wrong, not with the gifting, but with the kind of relationship that you have had with that thing, such that that thing is distracting you. If your job is distracting you from intimacy with Jesus, then you are distracted with much jobbing. If your money is distracting you from having an intimacy with Jesus, you are distracted uh, by your money. But Martha was distracted. May you not be distracted. I say, may you not be distracted. Jesus wants you and I, Jesus wants you to prioritize your intimacy with him above every other thing he has given to you. So there is no question that Martha had invited Jesus in. There is no question that serving is a good thing. There is no question that where God has placed you is God who has placed you there. But the issue is about the relationship. The Bible said that Martha was distracted. And now you know, Jesus goes on to give us the reason why Martha was distracted. What was the reason why Martha was distracted? If you can give us Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 to 42, you will see the reason. The reason why Martha was distracted. If you look at verse 41, I think, verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, 
You are worried. So number one, the reason why Martha was distracted was because of worry. And trouble. Because of the worry now becoming troubling. That is why Philippians 4, 6, and 7 say, do not be anxious about anything. Now, now listen to worry. Worry means, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, worry means anxious because you are thinking about problems or unpleasant things that are happening or may happen. Worry is defined by the Cambridge Dictionary online as anxious because you are thinking about problems or unpleasant things that are happening or may happen. That is worry. So Mary has welcomed Jesus into her home. You have welcomed Jesus into your heart. I have welcomed Jesus into my heart. The family has welcomed Jesus in. We are a Christian family. We do devotion. We, 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 we have the tag of a Christian family. You are a child of God. But you could be distracted. Why? Because of worry. Because of anxiety. About problems that you are thinking may happen or actually problems that you are thinking are happening or problems that are happening. But we said that looking unto Jesus, let's say that problems are happening. Between the focus on the problem, because now Mary was thinking about, I don't know what she was thinking about, whether our house is not well arranged enough. You know, sometimes you are expecting visitors and you are like, let's hide everything. The visitors are coming and you are concerned about all those things and you are concerned about what they think about you. So I don't know what Martha's worry was, but she was worried about many things. But she had Jesus. Jesus said, I am here. What is your issue? My brother, my sister, no matter the real issues of life that you and I face, the solution is still in Jesus. I said, no matter the issues of life that you and I face, the solution is still in Jesus. The solution is not thinking more. If I'm thinking more about it, it's meditating. But the Bible says that this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. And we know that the Bible is the word of God. And Jesus is the word of God in person. In other words, Jesus should not depart from our view. Jesus should not, should not leave our vision. Whatever it is, we must focus on Jesus. We must look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. That is why the songwriter says, look and live, my brother, look to Jesus now and live. It is recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It is only that you look and you see, so the songwriter is saying that the word of God says, and it is true, that Jesus is there, he gives life, and he said we should look to him and live. So Martha is worried about many things. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Mary had actually moved, Martha actually moved from being worried to being troubled. And now she moved to complaining. Because though the complaint is brought first in the Bible, Jesus now explains why Martha comes to her and says that don't you care that my 
my sister is not helping me. So the complaint comes first, but Jesus is saying that the root of the complaint, the cause of the complaint is because Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things. Sometimes we find ourselves worried about many things. And it leads us to become complainers about the many things. And sometimes if you are not careful and you, we don't observe ourselves, when, 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 when we are near people, people are near us, we are always complaining about everything. Complaining about everything. May we repent in the name of Jesus. But why the complaint? Because Martha had not sat at the feet of Jesus and was not hearing Jesus. Listening to Jesus as Mary did was simply saying I'm prioritizing my intimacy with Jesus. And thereafter I can tackle all the other issues. Why is it critical to make looking to Jesus a priority? Why is it critical? We are saying that Mary prioritized it. And we are saying that we should also prioritize it. But why is it critical to prioritize it? Because as we prioritize looking to Jesus, then his purpose for our lives comes more and more in view to us. Because sometimes it's possible to expend our energies on things that we think are really important. She was worried about many things. What, what it meant was that she was actually expending her soulish energy, her attention on the many things that amounted to much serving. She was expending energy. Jesus said by necessary implication that the, the place to expend your energy is on me. The person to expend your energy on is on me. And when you have expended your energy on me, you will get your purpose right. You will get your passion in place. And then you would have gotten your priority right. And you will be good to go. I come as God's servant to you. That throughout the rest of this month, throughout this quarter, and the rest of this year, you have enough things that if you expend your energies on, you can be worried. You open the radio and say, IMF is here to give the 3 billion bailout. They say that after the, 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 uh, the IMF country director has come to examine our books, he says he's sending the report to IMF. When he has sent the report to IMF, they say that they have given us some more time. If you open the radio, they say this is happening here. They say the CD has come this way. You go to see your bank account, you say, how, how, how are you going to survive or how are we going to survive by really paying attention and expending our energies at it? you may steal a glass. So we are not saying that you don't know that there are things around, but to focus and to expend our energies on it. Do you know that energy can increase and decrease? Do you know that energy can increase and decrease? So if you take your, if you take your charger and you put it in the socket and you connect it to your phone, energy is increasing. So I want to submit to you that what Mary was doing was actually increasing her divine energy. Her divine energy. 
her divine energy. The reason why we say read your Bible, pray every day. Let's read our Bible and pray every day. Let's read our Bible is that when we are looking into the Bible, when we are looking into the Bible, we are actually engaging Jesus. When we pay attention to the Bible, as Joshua 1 8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate. You see, the same meditation that Martha was meditating on the March 7th on her worries. Now, you shall think on the word. You shall expend energy on your word. You, you shall look at the word of God and think about it and reflect on it so prayerfully and intimately that you are drawing energy. You are drawing grace. You are drawing strength from God. So you go into the day and face the same issues that everybody faces, but you still have joy. And you still have faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. May that be our story in the name of Jesus. May we learn to expand our energies on Jesus. May we learn to, 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 to like Mary, take a position at the feet of Jesus. And that is why you cannot do your quiet time like it is at the periphery. It is a mismatch. It is a misprioritization. You cannot or you should not in your mind and attitude behave as though, oh, as for quiet time, okay, 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 okay. Then you go. You are actually or, or you are actually moving yourself, expending little time on drawing energy. So 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 you use power to generate more power. So you 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 have to spend energy and time focusing on Jesus. And, and the Bible said that we are focusing on him. Who is he? Because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. I pray to God that we will learn to focus on Jesus. That will learn to, to cordon away the things that have the potential to distract us. The worries. John 6 verse 5 and 6. Hallelujah. Look at me. My brother live. Look to Jesus now. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It is holy. John 6, 5 and 6. Very interesting scripture. Now, if we look at from verse 4, even. It says that now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now somebody will say that Jesus, is this your matter? Is this your matter? So I call, I call it Jesus provoking circumstances that should cause his disciples to look to him. I mean, the multitude are coming and, and Jesus, this one doesn't even say that they have been there for some time. The other one says that they have been there for some time. This one, according to John's account, he sees the multitude and Jesus provokes a discussion, provokes a scenario, provokes a circumstance. And sometimes God, I will submit, provokes a situation so that we will learn to look to him. And, and look at this. So the Bible does not hide it. It says that but 
This he said to test him. <laughs> Some of the things that you are going through, they are testings. He said that testing of our faith produces what? Maturity. The testing of our faith. He says what? He said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. I love this phrase. I love this phrase. I love this phrase. So I'm going to do a project. It's so big like the crowd here. You are having various issues. It's like a multitude of issues. You have family issues. You have marital issues. Financial issues. Many issues like a multitude. Jesus says that can you handle the issues? Where can we find bread? And the Bible said that he tested him. But he said that Jesus knew what to do. My brother, my sister, I've come to tell you that the reason why we should look to Jesus and live is that no matter the situation we are in, whether it's some serpent that are biting us, whether it is outside conflict opposition, whether it's all the witches in the world they are put together, whether you have dreamt a dream that you are already dead, whatever the multitude of situations, look to Jesus and live because he knows what to do. Jesus and not you. Jesus and not even me. Jesus and not even any man of God. Jesus will use a man or a woman of God because he knows what to do and he chose to use that man of God to do something in your life. So that if when even somebody has said that this your matter is beyond repair, that this your situation is very serious. It's a multitude of situations. Jesus himself knows what to do. I said Jesus himself knows what to do. I said Jesus himself knows what to do. He knows what to do about your, that's your cancer. He knows what to do about that your situation. Jesus knows what to do. He can use a doctor to touch you. He can do without a doctor. Jesus knows what to do. He knows what to do about that your situation. He knows what to do about that your child. Jesus, he knows what to do. Jesus knows what to do. The Bible said that he said this to test him. Maybe you are going through a test. The same God who allowed the test knows what to do. He knows how to bring you out of the test. Jesus knows what to do. Tell your neighbor, Jesus knows what to do. <laughs> I love this. Jesus knows what to do. When I don't know what to do, Jesus knows what to do. When I don't know what to do about that building project I'm building, I don't know what to do. Jesus knows what to do. When I don't know what to do about that exam, that boss who is harassing me. When I don't know what to do about the lies that I've told about me. When I don't know what to do about the family situation. When I don't know what to do. And it's a multitude of situations. Jesus knows what to do. So look to Jesus and leave. Don't look to that situation. That is scary. Don't look to that situation. But when the Israelites were traveling, they met opposition on the way. King Arad met them and he opposed them. But they knew that they themselves could not have handled him. So they cried to the Lord and made a vow to the Lord. And the Bible said that God came in into the situation. Jesus knows what to do. That is why we must look to him and live. Oh, when humanity 
had blown it in Adam and Eve. And it looked as though Satan had had the upper hand. <laughs> but Satan did not know that Jesus knew what to do. Because Jesus is no other person than God when he takes human form upon himself. He's called Jesus. So what it means is that when he said that Jesus will be submitted to the Father, it means that God, having come in human form, is now submitted to God himself, who is the Father from whom all things come. That is what it means. Because God is one, three in one person. So Jesus is not less God than the Father, and the Father is not less God than the Spirit. So there's an arrangement. Jesus knows God. That's why Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Look to the Father and live. Look to Jesus and live. I said, look to Jesus and live. I said, look to Jesus and live. That is why Paul said that I prayed three times that the tongue should be taken away from me, but Jesus told him, God told him that I know what to do, my grace, I will give you a certain grace that people will wonder that, ah, are you still having this thing and you are still preaching? Are you still in prison and you are still preaching? Do you still have your joy? Can you sing praises in prison? Because Jesus knows what to do. Hallelujah. Look and live, my brother live. Oh, look, look to Jesus, Jesus now and live. It is recorded in his word. Let's be on our feet. Hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. Jesus knows what to do, my brother, my sister. He knows what to do inside that when we are doing our quiet time and reading our Bible, he knows how to meet us. And in that intimate time alone with him, he knows how that he'll put his hand upon us, how that he'll speak a word of instruction to us, how that he'll bring us a direction. And so our best bet is to spend time to look to Jesus by looking at the word of God. Tonight we want to look to Jesus in prayer. I will invite Brother Yao Che to lead us as we look to him in prayer.